This is Tipton Girls Basketball Coach Matt Bolcher, and you are listening to the Coach's Corner Podcast. to the Coach's Corner Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Stonebreaker. Merry Christmas, and the new year is right around the corner. It's been quite a year. Today, I caught up with some of the boys' coaches in our area. On today's show are Tipton Boys basketball coach Brad Buckwalt, Tipton wrestling coach Matt Neerham, North Cedar Boys basketball coach Robert Helgerson, Grant Boys basketball coach Matt Strauby, Wilton Boys basketball coach Eric Grunder, Wilton wrestling coach Gabe Bourne, and comments from West Branch boys basketball coach Jason Kern after the West Branch victory over Anamosa on Saturday, December 19th. Thanks for listening. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Coaching Horror Podcast. We're catching up with Tipton Boys basketball coach, Brad Buckwalk. Coach, welcome on the podcast. Glad to be here, Ryan. Third time's a charm today. Listeners, we've had some uh, uh, user input errors by yours truly, so we'll see if we can get this going here. Coach, welcome on the podcast. We have a couple wins to talk about, a couple games here this week. Um, you guys are going to state-ranked Monticello tonight. How are things going? Uh, real good. Um, like you said, we were able to start the week off and, and get wins on back-to-back nights on Monday and Tuesday. Um, won a non-conference win, won a, a division, RVC South Division foe, beat West Liberty on Tuesday at home. So it gave us our first home win um, of the season, and it gave us our third overall win. And, yeah, you know, we've had two decent days of practice here since then, and, and we're ready to uh, get on the bus and head up to Monticello tonight for a big challenge. Kind of a mixed bag, you know. I mean, we've had uh, a lot of, we've had almost maybe even equal home and away games, so we haven't really had like a long road stretch. And, you know, the next two will be on the road, Monticello tonight at North Cedar um, on Tuesday. So, kind of an interesting and fun way to go into Christmas break, you know, with a rival with North Cedar and, you know, kind of a majoring stick. I mean, you guys, um, you guys got the opening victory with Regina and then Mid Prairie and West Branch, maybe not how you wanted, you know, uh, postponement with Northeast Goose Lake. Um, so last Friday you guys didn't have a game. You guys uh, went to Midland, got a very uh, good win, a 10-point win. And, you know, Coach, that game 
is it too early for maybe I'm crazy, but I kind of think that might be a turning point um, for whatever happens uh, the rest of the way. You guys were down um, 19 to 12 at one point in the first half, closed the half on an eight nothing run to take a one point halftime lead at 20 to 19. Continued that run into the second quarter. I'm sorry, sorry, second half. And I think sometimes that's hard to do. You know, you you get the the half. Kids are kids, you know. I mean, you get to halftime, yep. and you know, you hope they're listening and stuff, and you just you just don't know till you till you play. Eight nothing run to um, put some distance, and that distance was uh, the key the rest of the way. Yeah, it really was on Monday. Um, you know, I sometimes kind of get lost in the, in the flow of the game, and you know, until you said that, you know, I really hadn't noticed that. You know, we had finished on that eight zero run, and then started the second half on an eight zero run. But yeah, you know, that's tough for for kids, you know, high school kids to go into a half, you know, on a run and then get a little breather, a little break, and then to try and come right back out and keep that same energy. And we were able to do that on Monday. Um, so, yeah, that really propelled us um, to a victory down up there on Monday. 10-3, to three, third quarter by Tipton, uh, kind of separated enough to help with the win. Coach, you, you guys forced 25 turnovers. I didn't look to see if that's a season high, but that's a really good number. Yeah. Yeah, um, I haven't looked either. Um, I know the next night was Liberty. Um, I know we forced a few, quite a few turnovers as well. Um, but again, uh, both those games were were what we needed. You know, after the the Mid Prairie and West Branch games, you know, we needed, and we talked to the boys about, you know, trying to, you know, kind of get back to to what we do and and getting back to how we like to play and how we want to play this season. And they were able to do that early in the week. Caden Rizak, 20 points to lead, uh, career high, six rebounds, also had five steals. Um, Bob Ryan had five, Davis Webb had four, several three, four. You know, Caden Schmidt had six points off the bench. You know, I, I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure all those six points came in those two runs. Um, he was really active when he came off the bench, and you guys just had, uh, you know, Caleb Shoemaker. I'm thinking he didn't score, he had two shots, but, you know, he w- it seemed like everybody was just in the game. I'm not being that. That may sound critical. That's not what I'm after. But, you know, on a Monday, you know, after not playing Friday, uh, yeah, you could have shot better. Maybe you could have done this better. But, you know, you got the win, and I just think that's going to pay dividends. Yeah, definitely. Um, You know, I'm kind of excited. You know, that kind of really propelled Caden Rezac. Um, He's had two good games, um, both Monday and Tuesday. You know, and that's what you're looking for out of your seniors. And, you know, like you said, um, you know, Caden – or Caleb – Shoemaker, you know, he had some good looks at it, just, you know, shots just didn't quite fall for him, but he's active. Um, if his shot's not falling, he's still active on the defensive end. He's still active getting rebounds, um, things like that. And, you know, the guys, you know, we talked earlier that, you know, we really don't have a star, a little standout, anything like that. And so, yeah, each of these fours and sixes and, and things that you see, you know, they all contribute to our success as a team, you know, and that's what we keep trying to tell these guys is, you know, we're, we're a, a whole band. we got to be together, you know, every single one of us. And, and the, the more that we can do that, you know, the, the more successful we're going to be. That, that victory, even the record at 500, 2-2, two and two, you guys went over 500 the next night, 24 hours later, beating West Liberty 52-47. to 47, And high-scoring first half, I don't know if I would expect <laughs> expected that. You know, so we were at 17-14 to 14 at the end of the first quarter. We outscored them twenty-five to eleven in the second quarter, and halftime was ours. Yeah, you know, um, we had a, a slow start, 
on Tuesday night, you know, and I think, you know, with our, our guys that are still kind of learning what, what it takes to compete, you know, at the varsity level and the RVC, you know, night in and night out, you know, going on back-to-back nights, you know, we came out with a slow start and, you know, hats off to, to James Laughlin and, and his guys down there. I mean, they came out, you know, on fire and got up, you know, put us down nine to nothing right away. But, you know, took time out, talked to the guys, tried to settle them down, and, and we finally found our flow a little bit there in that second quarter. And we were able to just, you know, propel ourselves into a, a big halftime lead. I'm going to be a stickler on this probably from here out, Coach, and I apologize. But, you know, 23 turnovers of those, you had 16 steals of those I'm sorry, you forced 21 turnovers, and of those, 16 were steals. That's what I was trying to get at. You know, the the turnovers just aren't them dribbling off their feet. You know, I mean, you guys have started to inch that up where, you know, you guys are getting efficient on the steal, sort of. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure on how much points yeah. come off those, but, you know, it's like the assist-to-turnover ratio or the, you know, how many assists have made baskets. I I don't know. I, I'm, that's my thing right now is to, you know, how many turnovers are off yep. steals. So. No, um, you know, our press both Monday and Tuesday was was, was very effective. Uh, we tried a couple different new things um, with it and just kind of put some guys in some different different spots, different locations um, in our presses. But, again, they were, they were rather effective um, in both those games on Monday and Tuesday and definitely in that second quarter against West Liberty. And that's what really helped propel us and get those – those 16 steals. I think I told the guys. I think we had, I think we had 11 of them at half. You know, so it, you know, it definitely helped in that second quarter. Coach, this is our 13th straight win over West Liberty. We had three guys with double digits: uh, Caden Rezac with 14, Cole Searing 12 off the bench, and Cody Bowman with 10. And you know, all three of those guys have had their moments. You know, um, active. They're all active, and I'm not saying the other guys aren't, but you know, uh, the leaders didn't just. Uh, you know, plant themselves somewhere and you know, popped off all their points. You know, I mean, they were active on uh, Tuesday as well. Yeah, um, you know, with you know the benefit to having a, a Caden Rezac and a Cody Bowman. Uh, you mentioned earlier Caden Schmidt, Davis Webb. You know, th- they're all long, they're all lanky. So you know, and if they you know keep buying in as, as we keep trying to uh, coach them to um, to being real active and kind of reading and, and learning how to do things, um, you know, I, I think they're going to be very effective in, in that press situation and get those steals, defensive side of things. And then, again, um, that was kind of our, our big thing on Monday and Tuesday was, you know, we wanted to turn our defense into our offense. And so, like you said, you know, you're kind of watching that, you know, how do those steals turn to points and things like that. And that's what what happened Tuesday in that second quarter um, versus West Liberty. We were able to get those steals and then, take them down, and get finishes at the rim. Coach, you've had a couple of days to get ready for Monticello. Um, full attention, you know, they uh, are ranked number eight in Class 3A. They're tied with one or two more teams. I don't remember. They're, excuse me, one of two teams that I know of that are ranked in the in their class with Comanche being the other. What do you, I mean, you know, there's still season after tonight. Is that kind of the message, you know, where, you know, whatever happens, happens. You know, we still have... Um, a dozen to 15 more games, you know, it's not, this isn't the end of our season tonight. Is that some of the messaging that could come out of tonight? Um, yeah, the very first message that, that we're getting across these guys is that, you know, we got a job and that, you know, anybody can be beaten on any given night, even on their home floor. Um, yes, Monticello, you know, they're undefeated. They're, they're ranked in Class 3A. 
And so we just put that in front of the guys yesterday and said, you know what, you know, tomorrow's a challenge for us. And, you know, we get to go up there, we get to play a ranked team, which doesn't happen every single night in our conference, but it tends to happen every year that we get to play a ranked team. And, and again, it's a challenge. Um, we know what Monticello has. Um, they've got several returning starters from a, a state qualifying team a year ago. They're very solid. They're fluid. Um, they want to get up and down the floor. And, again, it's a, it's a challenge for our guys to, to go up there and, and just compete. And, and, but, again, our, our number one goal is to go up there and get a win tonight. Coach, thanks for coming on the broadcast this morning. Look forward to talking to you about Monticello and the North Cedar um, soon. And uh, good luck. Go get him. Perfect. Thank you, Ryan. Appreciate it. Go Tigers. Podcast. We're catching up with Tipton wrestling coach Matt Neerham. Tigers have a handful of duels under their belts here since the last time we talked. Coach, welcome on the podcast. Thanks, Ryan. We have a lot to talk about today, Coach. Um, two dual dates, uh, some JV stuff. How are things going? Well, you know, we're just we're just working, uh, trying to get a little bit better every day, and um, seems like sometimes progress is a little slow with meets getting canceled and moved a little bit and things like that but otherwise uh things are going well you guys had um duels with west liberty and mosa and uh, over in west liberty on the 10th you guys had your invitational and uh this past weekend postponed um which you know may may or may not be a bad thing at this point you guys have some jv stuff that invitational um is rescheduled to the first of january and i know Usually you guys have something coming out of that. Um, you know, sometimes I might be wrong, but is Central El Cater usually yeah. that first weekend? Yeah, you we're, guys have we're to... scheduled to go to El Cater on January 2nd, and that's the date that Lakota uh, was looking to reschedule that, that tournament. So we, we won't uh, be able to attend that. We'll go to El Cater. And with our commitment there, so I was gonna say, you know, you guys get you kind of you, you guys like going to Elkater, so I I guess sorry for the listeners here. I'm kind of processing things here. I just saw that this morning. And I was like, well, shoot. So anyway, so you still get a tournament, and you know, you have the normal Christmas break, um, you know, prep and conditioning and all that stuff. So that's good that that's still on and on the schedule. So let's dive in here to the West Liberty. Um, duels here last week. You guys had two River Valley Conference duels. Um, got Animosa and uh, lost to West Liberty. Uh, 42-25 was Animosa. 44-21 was West Liberty. So let's start with Animosa. You guys had the first uh, 
Michael Puffer got us off going nine to six decision, and we were ahead right off the bat. Yeah, uh, Michael wrestled a good match that night. Um, you know, he's he's a freshman and um, a little bit you know a little bit green. So um, you know, any kind of uh, uh, close match like that is really what I you know like to see him get some good close matches like that that go six minutes, just more time on the mat, and and always. Uh, Nice to come out with a win there, so that was that was great for him to to get us going. You know, he had you know one of the things you know you want to see, you know, we're what a month in roughly, give or take, to the season, and I mean you have benchmarks of what you want to see from individual guys and stuff. You know, Michael had a couple of reversals, and he has you know you have to keep fighting, you know, in some different scenarios, and maybe that was one of those things where you know, I mean he's wrestled. It's not that he this is his first year for wrestling either, you know, but. Um, and the varsity level, you know, it's, it's a little different. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's a, a big step from, you know, junior high up to the varsity. And and uh, so, yeah, he's coming along real well. He's working hard in the practice room, and I think he's getting better every day. Tristan Sorgenfry got a forfeit victory at 120. Um, Wyatt Lashmitt and Colin Nash had some uh, trouble at 132, 138. They, they went down to defeat. Um, and then we got we got a couple of forfeits on the other side. Caleb Neerham, Aiden Graves, one forty five and fifty two, and uh, you know we're we're looking good there. Yeah, you know, and one of the problems with um, you know getting forfeits is you, you don't get mad experience either, and and so you know you, you always take the six points when you can get it in a dual meet, but you know I'd rather rather see those guys get some matches and. Uh, it's a mat time. We got some guys on our team right now that, you know, don't have very many matches under their belt at this point in the season. Which, you know, normally for for one reason or another, um, you know, we've had some some meets that have been canceled and and uh, had some guys had to miss some time for for whatever reasons. And you know, so it's just been a kind of a weird year. But uh, yeah, well, you know, you'll take the points and. But uh, I'd rather rather see those guys get a match. A good example of that's a one sixty. Alex Casey defeated uh, Skylar Schmidt six five decision. I know you want to win your matches. That was a good match, though. You know, there's a lot of action early and late. Yeah, definitely a good match. Um, I think uh, the Casey um, kid is a state qualifier from last year, um, so he's a quality wrestler. And and uh, you know, Skylar is obviously one of our team leaders. Um, know coming back from last year district qualifier and so i love seeing those those matchups you know with one of their best guys against one of our best guys and those that's really what you want to see every night you go out and that's how you you get better and improve is is wrestling somebody who's you know very similar to you in ability and because you push each other and test each other so see graves got forfeit win at 170 pete and elijah um Guy's first fall of the year, uh, five forty-five over Jordan Brown, and now that was actually his first match of the year. Was yeah, I was going to say that, but I wasn't. That was I actually wanna... the first match of his career, so um, yeah, it was good for him to go out and and uh, didn't happen right away either. I think it was a second period fall. Uh, final period, fifteen final seconds left period. in the match. So that's even better. Uh, I'd love to get the six points for the pin, but. Uh, uh, Glad to see him, you know, go into the third period just for that experience, just for that mat time and, and getting that experience on the mat, especially since it was his first match. So, yeah, it was good, good way for him to start his career. 
Tigers got 15 points out of the last three matches of the duel, winning all three. First, uh, I mean, Elijah's uh, win was the first of three straight seniors. And um, I think we're going to say this a lot this year. You know, you have Jack Bolt at 220. He pinned Cole Sigler, sorry, as of in 118. So a first period pin for uh, for Jack. And then Niall got a uh, 7-4 victory over Connor Andreessen at a uh, 7-4 decision at 285. And I might be wrong, but I think that Andreessen guy uh, was all state football player too, and that'd be you know two all state football players battling yeah, at two eighty five. Yeah, he actually won our conference tournament last year at heavyweight, and uh, I think he's I think he's ranked maybe eighth or something like that in the predicament rankings right now. So that was a that was a real good win for for Nile um, to go out and you know wrestle a, a really, really good heavyweight and uh, and wrestled really well. Uh, Nile wrestled really well on. On that Thursday night, and uh, it was a close match. Uh, I think it was tied, maybe come going into the third period or in the third period at one point. And now got a couple takedowns um, late in the match to, to seal the win. So it was a it was a big match for him. Fred Paul got a JV match at 160. Blake Anderson got a pin at one. Excuse me, at JV match at 285. So over at West. Excuse me, the next match. Next duel, I should say. I'm getting ahead of myself, Coach. Uh, West Liberty, um, not as many victories against West Liberty. Uh, Colin Nash got a pin at 138 over Josh Mateo, 319. Caleb Neerum got a 10-3 decision victory over Sam Gingrich at 145. Um, Skylar Schmidt got a pin over Joe Barton at, in 256, and that was a good. I mean, these are good matches here. I mean, this is a um, a good good thing. You know, Jack Bolt got a pin uh, in less than a minute uh, over Quentin Roca at 220, and you know, those matches though they they uh, you take the points. It's like you know the score may have been determined already, but it's like we're still fighting, and it's like. Screw you on this weight class. We're taking the weight this weight class. Yeah, well, you know, West Liberty is obviously one of the premier wrestling schools in our conference. They always uh, they're always very competitive. Um, they're always challenging for a conference title, um, and, and they've got a solid team again this year. And you know, they always put out usually put out fourteen quality wrestlers at, at fourteen weights. They might have had one open weight this year. I'm trying to think, um, but you know, for the most part. They're they're very solid, so you know you're gonna you're gonna get a good match at, at every weight class. And you know we had some guys that, that wrestled pretty well. Um, like I said, Colin with the pin and Caleb. That was his first match of the season, so um, you know he was. I didn't know what to expect there. You know, really, um, just you know, first time out, and and then uh, of course uh, Skyler Skyler looked good, and, and Jack got a pin, um, and then. And then Niall wrestled pretty well too. Um, you know, wrestled uh, the Simon uh, Simon kid from West Liberty is who's a two twenty pounder. I think he's ranked number one at two twenty, and and he moved up to wrestle Niall and and uh, challenge himself. And uh, Niall, Niall, you know, Niall had wrestled him a couple times last year at two twenty, and uh, uh, Niall Niall held his own. Really, really wrestled pretty well against a real quality quality wrestler but uh, uh simon just had a little little too much you know technique um a little better on his feet 
and uh, just has some low-level shots he hid, and he's got a nice slide by, and and uh, but Niall uh, hung in there and wrestled really well. So you know, Coach Class Two Eighty Five starting to shape up. Uh, to be a dandy hero come conference, I mean, you don't want to look that far ahead. But you know, you're talking about these two guys, the guy from Anamosa. You know, there's going to be others out there too, and you know, just a, a early advertisement for uh, uh, the conference tournament. Hopefully, there's the, there's news about restrictions being eased up a little. So I don't know how that'll play out. And you know, here and now, you know, there is a, still crowds of it uh, that can come to the wrestling matches. Uh, um, so it's better to have somebody than nobody, but um, hopefully, uh, you know, if if crowds are the same, maybe there's a way that they'll they'll broadcast those uh, those matches somehow because um, it's going to be good. Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, like you said, that's, a, that's still a ways off. We got a long ways to go before then, but uh, but uh, hopefully by the time that rolls around, we'll be able to have people in the gym and. And because uh, that sure adds to the atmosphere of a of a meet too, when you've got fans in there, and it just adds some excitement too. But um, yeah, coach, you guys had sent six guys over to uh, Mid Prairie on Monday. Uh, JV uh, meet over there. Tigers going over there were Wyatt Lashment, Fred Paul, Zeke Graves, Aiden Graves, Landon Holub, and Michael Puffer. Um, Talk about what you uh, when you send guys to JV, what you what you're looking for, and um, I know you like to uh, get a volume of matches. I mean, there's uh, you know we have some weight classes this year that we're just super deep at, and you know only one guy can wrestle at varsity at a time. Right, we've got yeah we've got uh, about nine guys between 145 and 160 pounds so yeah only can only put three out varsity every night so we've got five or so guys that are or maybe we've only got eight but we've got five or so guys that uh that uh, don't no- normally get matches on those dual meet nights unless unless the other school has some jv guys at those weights too which doesn't always happen so yeah we usually have uh I think we've got five JV tournaments on our schedule. Um, you know, we like to get those guys, you know, they're in the practice room every day. They're working hard, and, you know, they deserve to be able to go out and compete too. So a lot of these JV tournaments are on Monday nights, and uh, they bring in several schools, you know, maybe 15, 20 schools that, that bring in their JV wrestlers and, and bracket those guys up in four-man round robins and, and try to get them, you know, three three quality matches, Sometimes they will even um, kind of try to match them up by experience level too, so that that you're getting quality matches and not you know 20 second pins kind of thing. Because nobody really nobody really benefits from a 20 second pin. Um, you know, neither wrestler really gets that much mat time, you know, to 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 gain experience and and you know learn how to handle those situations. So you'd rather see matches go the distance um at those meets but yeah we sent six guys down to mid prairie we originally had been scheduled to go to a tournament at city high which had been canceled because uh city light city high was uh, in remote learning for several weeks and, and hadn't been able to practice and i think with some of the covid restrictions this year i think uh some places are looking at maybe not hosting um their JV tournaments that, that they normally would. Um, I know we usually go to one in Solon in January. I don't think they're going to have that. And uh, we usually go to 
Wilton next next or this coming Saturday, and I think that might have something to do with their construction they got going on there. But they're not hosting uh, their normal JV tournament, so. This one kind of came up, this one at Mid-Prairie, and, and we kind of jumped into it kind of last minute, but uh, just because we wanted to get, get those guys some, some extra mat time, and and uh, some of them haven't, you know, been out in a lot of matches so far to this point in the season, so. It might, you know, that might be the, the theme of 2020, to be flexible and be ready. You know, you have to adjust and stuff. I'm guessing you might have some opportunities potentially to, um, you know, you're always looking and uh, maybe something like this comes up uh, sooner rather than later, you know. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, I've seen a lot of emails from coaches and ADs um, the last week or so here with teams looking for for JV tournaments just to get, get those wrestlers, exp- you know, some experience, so the ones that are having them. So. Coach, you guys uh, went Tuesday and, uh, over to Makokita. Um Makoka to Albernet was on the schedule for duels, so another opportunity to get uh, guys on the mat. You guys fell in both 47-23 to Albernet, 37-32 to Makokita, and uh, let's take a look at that. You guys, uh, you know, Albernet, you know, traditional Albernet is uh, uh, one of those Cadillac programs that uh, over the course of time, and um, they usually have some good guys. Yeah, definitely. Um yeah, I think they won the state tournament or state championship here maybe three, four years ago. So, you know, definitely a quality quality program. Um, Clayton Rush, their coach up there, I know has a lot of energy and does a, does a good job um, teaching skills and that kind of thing. So, you know, they're going to come prepared. I was a little disappointed in our performance. Um, felt like, uh, for whatever reason, uh, we just we just weren't ready to go when we uh, faced off with uh, Anamosa on Tuesday night. Um, kind of kind of I don't know a little underwhelming I guess is the the word I would use to describe our performance. Um, but Anamosa give them credit they came out ready to wrestle and, and they kind of took it to us a little bit. So um, we talked you know between duels after the duel in the locker room and talked with our guys about you know making sure we're we're doing the right things to get prepared to get yourself physically and mentally ready to go for the match and uh, kind of felt like we really rebounded really well came out against Makokita and and wrestled a much closer duel we still didn't uh, still didn't win the duel and quite honestly you know we're forfeiting three or four weights every night um, it's going to be hard for us to win a lot of duels I mean that's just the nature when you're when you're spotting them 18 to 24 points every night, it, you know it gets tough to to, to win dual meets. But uh, you know, not making excuses, but I felt like felt like our guys came back against Makoka. We wrestled much better. Um, we were in the fight. We were in the matches um, and had some really good matches with them. So, Albernet, you know the points for when we had Albernet were kind of the mid to back half of the of the duel. Skylar Schmidt got a uh, tech fall in five fifteen twenty to five or Hayden Baker, um, Peyton Elijah got a pin, Nio Shut got a pin, uh, Michael Puffer got a forfeit victory. Um, so a couple things there, you know, Landon Holub got and Aiden Graves got uh, matches. Landon got a pin in his. So you know, Makokita, um 
a little bit more spread out with points, uh, you know, some major decisions too, you know, and you, you know, those are good to see because, you know, just on the cusp of, you know, they're, I don't know, nothing is decision wins by any stretch, but, you know, when you have a major decision, um, you know, you're, you're right there for the, the, the fall. You're just a little short, but, you know, could go either way sometimes. Yep. So victories out of that. Caleb Neer and Brandon Vallette each got major decisions, 145-152. Carson Charves got a pin at 160. That's a name we haven't called here. Skyler Smith got a pin at 171. Niall Shutt got a pin at 285. 106 was open. Uh, Tristan got a forfeit victory at 120. Aiden Graves and Lake Anderson got JV matches on the Makokata duel, and, you know, we'll probably see Makokata uh, down the road, too, you know, uh, being in the same class, I would think. Yeah, I believe they're in our sectional, um, if not our district, uh, our district for sure, but uh, it might be in our sectional, too. I'd have to look back at that, but, yeah, no, we're definitely going to see them see them down the road again, so. You guys have Regina uh, tournament here this weekend. Excited to kind of get back to a tournament uh, structure and atmosphere here this weekend? Yeah, definitely. I was I was disappointed that you know, we couldn't go last Saturday, and um, right now we've got we've got some guys on our team that that just need need more matches. We need more mat time. Um, we need the competition. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to getting over to Regina. There's I think nine or ten teams there. You know, some of them are a couple conference schools, but a lot of them are teams that we don't see. You know, throughout our normal schedule, teams like Mount Pleasant and and schools from down south so i always like to you know it's always nice to see some different competition and uh you know match yourself up against uh, some teams you don't you don't see throughout the rest of the you know dual meet season and that kind of thing so yeah looking forward uh, we had a really great practice last night um looking for another really good one tonight and and tomorrow we'll probably uh you know kind of back off a little bit and and try to be rested up and ready to go on on saturday uh for our last competition here before before we go on break so coach thanks for coming on the podcast here this morning we'll catch up here in the next week or so um to talk about regina and look ahead to, uh second half it's kind of unofficial official halfway point you know at christmas break you kind of yeah, that's just one of the last times you guys have uh, uh extended practice time um well potentially you know uh, so, you know, thanks for coming on. We'll talk to you again. Thank you, Ryan. Welcome back to the Coach Corner Podcast. We're catching up with North Cedar Boys basketball coach Robert Helgerson. Coach, how's it going? Hey, thanks, for, oh, 
Thanks for having me again. <laughs> we have some games to talk about and uh, some conference games uh, at that. Um, last time uh, we talked has been a while. Um, not too many games under your belt. You know, you guys have played uh, uh, a gauntlet gauntlet of the top north schools. You know, um, I think now you've played everybody in the north except for Animosa, and that's going to come up right after Christmas break. Um, how are things going? Uh, all right. I think we're kind of finding our group. You're absolutely right. We started off with Northeast, and I don't, I don't think anyone kind of knew who we were. I mean, we didn't have an identity yet. We were kind of trying to figure out who we were as a team. Um, and then we get to go up against uh, Monticello as our second game, and they just uh, they did what Monticello does. They, uh, I, I said at the beginning of the year they're going to be the guys, the team to watch out for um, and they have just been running roughshod over anyone who they go up against. That press of theirs is just deadly. And so we learned from that experience a little bit and uh, faced off with Comanche. Um, and they're every bit as uh, athletic as they've been in the past. Um, and their big, uh, their big thing is that it helps to have 6'10 and 6'8 and 6'7. And um, that kind of helps distance themselves from us a little bit. Uh, but I thought we played – a much more complete game against Comanche, and then uh, and then we face Mid Prairie. Uh, I think um, Mid Prairie is going to be um, one of those teams that you got to keep an eye on. Uh, they have a, I think he's a junior, Carter Harmson, that is just uh, just unreal. He he lit us up, and uh, I really do believe Mid Prairie is going to contend for that South title. Um, and maybe more. Uh, I think they're going to give Comanche a good shot, and uh, I, I think Monty um, will will be a little more um, come down, come down a little more earth against Mid Prairie. I think. Uh, I mean, I, I, I still will take Monty in the long run, but um, I think Mid Prairie is every bit as good as most of the teams in the RBC. Coach, um, and then, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, you guys are on a stretch of three games where you've scored 50 or more points, the longest stretch here this season. And, yeah, you know, we'll talk about some of these games from Mid-Prairie. I, I don't know about surprise, but I didn't see that, what they're coming from. And uh, I didn't see this coming from them. And I would agree, Harmson is, uh, I think he has a couple 30-point games already, maybe even three or four. I mean, this kid is... Uh, uh, a score. <laughs> yeah, we had, we had planned game plan for him to be kind of a drive guy on us. I even I I regrettably told our guys I don't think he's going to shoot a lot of threes, and then he goes <laughs> off six for eleven on us. Um, I, I, we knew he was going to be good, but he he added that to his game last year, and it, it makes him even more of a weapon. So then you guys finished up uh, with Cascade. Uh, and that went really well. You guys uh, secured the victory first of the season, and not just first of the season, but second in two last. Excuse me, second in the last three meetings against Cascade. And you know, we were joking a little before we talked, but hey, you guys have solved Cascade. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if "solved" is the case, but uh, um, our guys, our guys played really well in that first half versus. Uh, versus Cascades 2-3 zone. Um, it, it's really hard to play against that zone um, if you're not moving it well, and we did a really nice job in that first half. Uh, credit to Cascades coaching staff for recognizing that and 
they switched to a man defense in that second half, and it kind of flustered us, got us out of any rhythm that we had in that first half. And, uh, they made their run. They got it down to a three a couple times, and uh, luckily enough, we were able to secure enough rebounds and make enough free throws to come away with a victory. Against Monticello, you guys had uh, the Panthers, and, you know, they they just uh, – the AP just had their rankings come out this week. They're ranked in Class 3A, and even saying that still, I, you know, I saw it in, on there, but I still can't believe they're 3A. Um, Kale Unruh had 10 points to lead you guys. You guys uh, um, made three threes, and then uh, after that, Gage had four. And after that, it kind of drops off. You know, Monticello, Justin Recker, 24 points. And people listening to the podcast here, you're going to hear that guy's name when all state honors are tossed around here at the end of the season. Say, say, that, say that question again. I didn't get, it. I didn't get to hear that last oh, I just was going to say, you know, people are going to recognize when they see the 2A, excuse me, the 3A all state list uh, at the end of the season, they're going to see Justin Recker from Monticello on that list. Oh, for sure. Uh, we were talking to their coach afterwards, and um, it doesn't sound like he's getting a lot of looks in the college level. And I think, I think anyone who is able to kind of pick him up underneath the radar, they're going to get themselves one heck of a player. The guy is um, very unique in how he plays uh, and very solid, and uh, he, he can really be kind of a hybrid player for you. Um, if you need him to dribble the ball, he can do it. If you need him to shoot it, he can do it. If you need him to be some guy to back another guy down, he can do it. Um, he can rise up with the best of them. I, I, I have all the respect for Cody Raker and uh, that coaching staff, and I think um, they're doing a really nice job setting themselves up to have a really successful uh, postseason. And, and you know, things get harder when you go to three A, obviously. But I think they're equipped and disciplined enough to really make make a run in that postseason for them. I remember I think Monticello's tied for eighth or something. And just like Monticello being ranked, Manch also was ranked. They weren't the the poll wasn't out when you guys played. However, Comanche I believe is number two or number three in class two A or something crazy like that. So I mean back to back games against top ten teams in their respective classes and you know, it just speaks to the, the conference again. You know, you you talk about Mid Prairie and you know, they've got it I mean, I, I don't remember seeing them in the rankings here. The first ones came out here um, a couple of days ago here on I think Monday possibly. But, you know, Regina's another decent team, Wilton's improved and you know, you guys are trying to find your way and fight through, uh, you know, getting in the upper half of the North Division, if not higher, you know. And uh, I, I, from a fan's perspective, you know, you see some scores and you see different things and it's like, well, whatever, you know. But, you know, the, the, you're getting closer. You know, you have 52 points against Comanche, uh, 21 in the first half, and then, you know, they kind of had their second half, and that was uh, unfortunately um, the turning point it looked like. Yeah, um, yeah, and uh, you know that's the thing. We we turned Comanche over eighteen times, and I was I was very proud of that. But in the same fact, they ratcheted up their defense and turned us over eighteen times. And the difference was they were getting a lot more out of our turnovers than we were getting out of theirs. Uh, and so their transition points and their second chance points um, kind kind of are what killed us. Uh, I've been hounding to our guys a little bit about you know if we rebound well. Um, or even decently, we can put ourselves in a chance to be in that game. And so, you know, you look at uh, Monticello, we didn't rebound worth a darn in that game. Um, 
and then we go to Comanche in the next the next game, and our rebounding they still rebounded us by about ten, but it wasn't such a, uh, a discrepancy. And then last night versus Cascade, we actually won the rebounding uh, the rebounding out title or whatever you want to call it. Uh, rebounding output, um, we out rebounded them by about six boards. And so, you know, I kind of bring this to the, the kids' attention, saying, you know, hey, if you continue to do these little things right, it's going to build when we're trying to go for more. Um, you mentioned, you know, trying to find our way a little bit, and I, we have three more games. We kind of have a we have a four-game week. We played Tuesday, we play again Friday, we play Saturday, and then we play next Tuesday. Um, all three games, go Wilton, Regina, and Tipton are games that I believe that we can really compete in and have a have a decent chance to win. Um, again, you, like you mentioned earlier, we cannot take a night off in the RBC um, because they're looking. Uh, Wilton, Regina, and Tipton are looking at us the same way. Like, hey, there's a there's a game that we can win and um, move on up in our in our levels. And so we've been really stressing to take each game at a time this week. And trying to make our goal by the time we get to break to be five hundred four and four. Well, here's the thing too that you know, I I like to watch this time of the year too because you know, I I want to see who wants to keep playing basketball. Who's not ready to skip ahead and open Christmas presents? You know, I mean, people <laughs> I, who wants to keep playing a high school basketball game? You only get so many, and um, you know wins going into Christmas break makes Christmas break practices a lot better, I think. Oh, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, and that's the thing. You know, and we, we've mentioned to the players um, that, uh, you know, West Branch and Wilton were just postponed. And so it's like, guys, we have to make sure we're continuing to follow our, our steps, doing what we need to be able to do so that we can keep playing um, our guys are taking it pretty seriously. Um, I, I liked how we did had practice tonight. There's a lot of energy, a lot of effort, a lot of competition. Um, and if we keep just kind of grinding, I guess is the way to say it, uh, we're going to put ourselves in a good position to um, be successful. Against Comanche, Gage Walshire, 17 points, 6 rebounds, 2 steals. K.O. Unra, 16 points, 6 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 steals. And... Uh, uh, you know, you you had eight offensive rebounds. They had ten. So you know, those were the the things that uh, you know. When you talk about t- we're talking about the rebounds, I was like, yeah, you know, you never know um, until I mean, people play on the court. They don't keep track of that. I would think. You know, I mean, coaches no, might no. have a thing, but you know, you just have to uh, miss shot. You know, who wants it more? You know. Yep. Absolutely, and you know. You, you mentioned Gage and Kale, and those are those are kind of our two our two studs coming back this year. Um, and we've been breaking in a handful of juniors that are starting to kind of find their way a little bit. Um, we've had Hayden Lang um, score seven against Mid Prairie, and then he had nine last night against Cascade. Um, and then some stepping up from. Um, Tyler Jackson. Tyler Jackson has been huge. He, he only stands about five eight, five nine, but the kid had eight rebounds last night, um, three assists. He had two steals, uh, and he's just throwing up the stat lines little ways that I think he only scored two points, but he's doing all those little intangible things that makes him invaluable for us. Um, 
And then uh, um, Nate Meyer is another junior that's uh, trying to find his way a little bit, trying to find his timing. Uh, we have a couple seniors that are seeing some uh, first-time action in Joe Condon and uh, uh, Jacob Sander is a, a returner that um, saw extended time as uh, more of a defensive player. And, again, another guy trying to find some offensive flow. And he, we had some guys step up last night versus Cascade and really add to what we're trying to do. Let's take a look at Mid-Prairie here before we talk. Put a bow on this with Cascade again. You know, first half, you guys had, uh, it, seem, it seems like the second, there's a trend here. It's like the second half is kind of becoming the the, the bugaboo. You know, you guys, uh, however, in a way, you know, maybe, maybe I'm off a little on this, but, you know, a lot of the scoring for both teams came in the first half. You know, it was 46 to 36 in the first half. You know, it was 71-55 total. You know, to me, it seems like you guys kind of just had a, uh, it, it was like a tale of two games. You know, it's like offensive juggernauts, and then all of a sudden it's like defensive battle. And it's interesting from seeing the, the scores and uh, different things here. I, tell me I'm wrong here. <laughs> uh, you're not. Scott uh, uh, Jackson used to say something to me when I was an assistant for him for a year. He, every time he go, man, I wish we didn't have a halftime. Just keep playing. Keep that rhythm. Don't break what we got going right now. Um, it allows coaches to make adjustments. It allows coaches to um, kind of figure out those little creases that are going to help them score. And so um, we went back and watched film versus Mid-Prairie. You're absolutely right. That third quarter absolutely killed us. Um, we, we had that same thing against Cascade last night. Uh, we only scored six in that third quarter last night. But um, – what I was looking at is like, okay, is it our offense getting stagnant or what's going on? And we look back, and it's just a matter of we're getting some really good looks. We're just not getting shots to fall. I mean, uh, the looks that we're getting through our offense aren't aren't terrible looks. They are they are looks that we want. They're that are in the flow of our offense, and it's just a matter of taking those opportunities and making the most of it. Um, and so, you know, that's something we we've, we've talked about a couple times here in the uh, last week or so is. You know, we have to continue that same energy. Um, Cascade did something very similar to us last year when we played them in the first game um, that we beat them last year where uh, we had a nice 12-point lead in half, and you could just kind of tell the guys hadn't beat Cascade in a while, and they are kind of looking at each other, and Cascade made a run. You know, they're a proud program. They're not going to just roll over and say, oh, hey, big old North Cedars here. Um, so, you know, you know, and that, that message we're trying to get to those guys is, you know, as talented as, or as well as we played in that first half, you know, we're going to have to play that well again if we want to keep them at bay. You guys had two double-digit scores, Gage and Kale, 16 and 13. You guys had 23 rebounds. So in the ballpark, because they had 10 more than you, so similar number um, difference as Comanche. Also on the offensive rebound side, so still plugging away there. We talked about Harmson earlier, 33. They had three double-digit scores. So you guys kind of did well defensively against the rest of the Golden Hawks, I think. Well, and honestly, our, our zone is set up for them to take some, some you know, catch-and-shoot threes. Uh, and honestly, if you take away two or three of their of those threes from Harmson, it's a single-digit game. And, you know, we make a bucket or two in that third quarter that we got good looks off of. You know, it's a completely different game. Um, 
And so it's unfortunate we only had to play. We only get to play them once because it'd be nice to kind of see if we can make those adjustments second time around and um, take one from them. But uh, again, kudos to there. Kudos to, um, to Harmson. I mean, he he did. He found that open spot in our zone and just you know, and that's something that we said okay, they're going to hit a couple threes here and there, but not often in high school bar you're going to find a guy that's going to go fifty percent on twelve shots from three. So. Uh, you know, it's something you live with in a zone, but at the same time, you just kind of, you know, it's frustrating. And being able to identify shooters that are hot, you know, is going to be important for us going forward. You guys, uh, the numbers are crazy on the Cascade game. You guys are up 34 to 15 at halftime. And, Coach, I've been around a long time, and that, to me, you guys were leading, by the way, I, if I didn't say that earlier. Um, those numbers are what I, I'm used to seeing, but cascade being ahead and i mean how did you keep the the guys from not like you know it's like we still have a second half to play guys you know i mean to me that would be like everyone bouncing off the wall is happy well and you know you look at uh you look at cascade and how good they have been defensively this year so far you'd almost expect that 34 to 15 to be the end of the game score um I, I was just as pleasantly ple- uh, surprised as most of our players were to be at 20 and a half with 34 points. Um, again, I, we, we talked uh, in the practices before Cascade about making sure we are testing the edges and, and making some quick passes, making that defense move a little more than what they're used to, and then also being active from the high post. If we have an active high post that can, can be a threat, um, uh, then it then it makes it very hard for a team to stick around in a two three, and so that's exactly what happened in that first half. And uh, again, I think we some of our guys got a little complacent and took the foot off the gas a little bit. And, um, I, and again, part of that that the other part is just Cascade hit some shots. I mean, they hit some contested shots that they didn't hit in the first half. Um, and uh, and and again, we we kind of struggled with their switch to man to man and. Uh, you know, we missed some easy shots. There's some, probably some calls that could have gone either way um, that uh, went uh, to Cascade's way and, you know, kind of changed the momentum a little bit for us. And uh, I, I think it's a great learning experience for our guys to play with a lead. It's not it's not a, often that we've had leads in the past. And so to have something like that and to lose it and to still be able to pull out a victory um, shows a lot of, you know, moxie from our guys a little bit. You know, everything's going wrong, but still come out with a win. Kel Unruh was 16, Gage Walshire 14. Both had seven rebounds. Tyler Jackson was seven rebounds. Coach, you had 16 points off the bench. Tayden Lang led the bench crew with nine points and four rebounds. Yeah, our, our bench came up big that game. And, and I mentioned at the beginning of the year, I, I think this is one of the more athletic groups we've had. Um, I mentioned Joe Condon being a guy that came off the bench and hit a three last night. He's a guy I need to find uh, more time. Uh, I need to, I need to get him some more time um, because that kid has got one of the smoothest shots in the conference. He just um, he needs to have a little more experience going up against that kind of competition. It's unfortunate that we didn't have any summer ball, um, so I could able more accurately evaluate and you know, get him some more looks and reps so he knows the feel of the game a little better. Um, 
But I think as the season goes on, he's going to be a guy that's going to be very, um, you know, teams are going to have to kind of game plan for him once he starts finding his rhythm. Because uh, he's three for nine on the season from three, but the guy, I mean, he has all the confidence in the world and can hit it from anywhere from deep. Coach, I'll take the games up until this next one. You'll go at Wilton, Regina, and Tipton. You'll take a swing through the south before Christmas. We'll talk about those at some point here in the future. Thanks for coming on. Good luck. Go again. Thank you. Podcast. We're catching up with Wilton Boys basketball coach Eric Grunder. Coach, welcome on the podcast. Hey, how's it going, Ryan? Good. We have some games to talk about, three to be specific, and uh, um, we'll start right in. You guys had Regina, Durant, Monticello. Two of the three were South Division contests. You guys were one and one going into those contests. How are things going? Yeah, you know, we went into Regina on that Friday, and, uh, you know, I felt fairly good coming in, um, but when uh, Ashton Cook decided to drop 42 points, that puts you in a tough spot. Um, you know, it was nice for us to bounce back and get uh, that win against Durant. Um, it was an overtime win, which, uh, you know, was maybe not how we drew it up, but um, I thought it was great for our guys to persevere through that type of win. Um, or that type of situation, and then come out on top. You know, we had been in some close games, you know, last season, and I'm hoping we're in more close games, you know, from here on out. Um, and so it's nice to get one, you know, get over the hump, um, per se, and and get that win. Um, you know, then we went up to Monticello uh, last week, and uh, they're good. Yeah, there's no there's no denying that. I mean, they got to be a top-ranked team in 3A, um, you know, state qualifier last year in 2A. And so, um, you know, I, I still thought that we got better. I mean, I, I know that's, a, you know, a semantics maybe, but uh, I thought that we were, we improved on the things that I wanted us to get better on. And what we had talked about all week was this idea of focus and taking what we're working on in practice and applying it to the game. And defensively against Monticello, we did that. Right, we we had better rotations. We talked. We boxed out. We didn't foul. You know, in the two two games previous, I think we had, you know, twenty five or twenty six fouls per game. You know, we got to Monticello, and while it was a different type of game, I thought we contested shots and didn't foul, which was a step in the right direction. So, uh, you know, silver lining, if you will, for uh, for that Monticello game. You know, some of those games, you know, in talking with you for preseason and then on the podcast so far, you know, you guys have. Uh, you guys have have some higher goals this year, and at some point you have to find out where you stack up against teams. Was this stretch one of the first chances to, in a weird way, do that, or were you able right out of the shoot to do that? Or I mean, do you guys have markers for you know a progress report or something? <laughs> we have 
um, actually, I made an SOP, a standard operating procedure, which is um, goals that we have for each game. You know, and I'm coaches have done this all, all over. I got it from um, the book Excessive Ownership by Jocko Williams. Um, but it's this idea that, you know, these are our goals every game that we are trying to, you know, trying to accomplish. Um, I felt like when we played Comanche the first time that that was a nice marker for us, you know, lost by 28 or something, but, you know, put 55 points up against a quality team. I thought that was a, a good first step. Um, you know, I was hoping to be in a similar situation on Friday where we, you know, we were able to put up points, we were able to score, we were able to do some, some nice things, um, uh, even though Monticello might have been, you know, is going to be one of the top teams, you know, that we're going to play ever, you know. So I think um, we could have went better, but I wasn't disappointed with the way it went. Um, you know, Durant was one that I definitely thought we needed uh, to get that W. I thought Regina was going to be one that we were going to be able to play with. Um, but we'll get him a second time. We'll see what happens there. But, yeah, I think, you know, our goal is, uh, at least uh, in the first half season, is to see if we can get right around 500, which we're close. You know, we're one game back, and we got three games left. And so I think, you know, we're going to have an opportunity to be close to that mark going into Christmas break and then, um, you know, come, come out of the shoot hot after Christmas. You guys have had kind of a mix of home and away. It hasn't been one or the other. It's almost a even, I mean, it is even split here after uh, the next game. And, you know, I go back to Regina, and, you know, Regina, for me, I'll remember, you know, just being tested mentally. You know, you guys had um, – it just was a, a roller coaster mentally. And I don't know, I think that particular game is going to serve well down the road. You know, yeah, you guys gave up uh, uh, outstanding performance to an individual, but, you know, how many times are you going to see that? You know, I mean, I I was talking to somebody this week and trying to figure out, okay, you know, traditionally, you know, you have you have uh, guys you call by their last name over the course of time, you know, like Pelzer or, um, you know, you, you want to think Kirkman at some point or, or Hull or whatever, um, you know, Sankson, you know, that could be an array of Sanksons for Comanche. But, you know, um, Cook, you take him out of the equation. And defensively, um, yeah, he got to the free throw line more than he wanted to and stuff like that. And, yeah, you guys had people foul out and um, had to overcome things out of your control. But, you know, you scored 31 points in the second half of your 48. So, you know, it's one of those things. It's like, you know, you can put up points quickly. But you don't have. You hope you don't have to. The context of putting up points quickly, though, could be different. Right. I think yes. I think that was a uh, a stepping stone. Maybe one that we didn't want, but that now that we have, hopefully we'll be able to to build off that. And I think, and in, in this is what we've you know what we've been a little bit talking about. But you know, at some point, we need to stop talking about how we could be good and actually be good. Right. Otherwise, it's just talk. Like. We, we have some height, we have some potential, we have some experience, we have all the things that we need to be successful or be competitive with teams in our conference. Um, but at some point we have to cross that line, you know, and decide that we are going to play at that level, we are going to compete. Um, and so that's what I challenge the guys with tonight and tomorrow. You know, like, it's time to go. We can't, we can't hope to be better tomorrow. We've got to be. We've got to do it now. We can't hope that we're going to win. We can't hope that we're going to play well. We just need to play well. We just need to, you know, we just need to do it. Um, and so I, I think tonight and tomorrow offer two great chances for us to to apply that. You know, I think Columbus is a game that, um, 
you know, we should be able to build some confidence and, and be aggressive and, and, and make some shots. And then North Cedar is a team that I think, you know, we should be able to compete with right away um, and, and see what happens. And it would be great to get, you know, two under our belt here um, going into Anamosa, who's a, a really solid team uh, from the north and is going to be a challenge next week. It's kind of a nice progression, too. You know, you, you probably are favored against Columbus. Um, I would think you'd be favored against North Cedar. North Cedar's had some uh, a nice victory over Cascade, and you know they they scored some points against Monticello. It was not in the cards, obviously. You know they they same with Northeast. They've ran through the the North. Uh, they still have Bellevue, I think, and they play them on Saturday, if I remember right. Um, but I mean, they've played the in in tradition the the tough side of the conference in a way. And, you know, that's that'll be an interesting game. You know, they have some athleticism, too. And, you know, you get right to Anamosa. And every time I think of Anamosa, year in, year in, year out, it's year in and year out, it seems like athletes all over. It just, are they basketball players, you know? And how long does it take for them to come together and stuff? Yeah, yeah, they uh, they are very athletic, um, and yeah, North Cedar, you know, they they've been challenged in their first what five games or six games, however many they've played, um, you know, and so they've got opportunities to to grow and build, and and yeah, they are athletic, and so I think you know they got a nice guard and a, a solid forward, um, and so yeah, they're gonna you know they're gonna challenge us, you know, I think uh, I think we have some nice pieces too, but like I said, if if we don't show up, it it really doesn't matter if they look nice. You know, um, so it's time to go. Um, hopefully, and hopefully that starts tonight. Caden Kirkman had 24 and seven against Regina. Colby Sawville had 10, four rebounds, two steals. You guys had 27 team rebounds. Mason Nolte, 2.7 rebounds off the bench against Regina. You guys had three double-digit scores against Durant. Caden had 23. Colby had 19. Roderick Davis had 10 seven rebounds and you know you're getting interesting numbers here but it kind of goes into that um it's time to go too you know it's like it's time to go and consistently put these numbers up to help us go right mm-hmm. yep yeah i think and one of the things that we talked about as coaching is coaching staff before the season was you know we other than kirkman you know kirkman should be our consistent guy but other than that, we felt like there was going to be three, four, five guys maybe who are going to be able to help us and have nights of 10, 12 points, 15 points. You know, Colby had a great night against um, Durant. You know, he, he had in the in the four quarters, he had a normal night for him. I think he had, you know, 13 points or whatever, which, you know, he's been doing a nice job getting right around 10 points or so a game. Um, and then overtime, he, he comes out and he makes a layup and then jars a three. And then, uh, you know, I think Kirkman put in another basket. And all of a sudden, uh, we went from tied to up seven. Um, and I think hopefully maybe put in a couple more free throws in that overtime uh, to push him to 19 points. But, uh, yeah, I think, you know, can we put it all together? Can we have Jackson throw in 12, Colby 12, Caleb 8, Drick 10, Clayton at 7, and Kirkman at, you know, 18 to 25 or whatever? Because if we do that, I mean, that's a lot of points, you know. Like, yeah. uh, we, if we do something like that, we're going to be in most games, um, you know, because the points that we have potential to put up. But, like I said, time to go you guys had a game against west branch uh, postponed uh, some issues with the bears so push that back to a future time and uh, maybe that maybe the rest and you know you guys had more opportunity to do practice this week and you know kids are kids and you know i'm sure some of them are already shaking the presents under the tree wondering what they're getting <laughs> yeah you know that was
was a, you know, West Branch is going to be another challenge. You know, they're going to be top team in the South for sure, if not the favorite for the South, although Mid Prairie's doing a great job, and uh, that will be a great game between those two teams. But I think that, you know, we had a great practice on Tuesday. I really, I felt really good after Tuesday's practice. Um, and, you know, because we already had a full week, you know, we're, we still get two games this week. I wasn't... Um, you know, and, and we'll have three games in, what, five days or whatever. Um, and so I, it, it's okay. You know, I think that was an okay – of all things to be postponed or, or, or whatever, you know, it did give us another time to refocus after Monticello and then, you know, to come into a night uh, favored and, and hopefully, you know, a game we can build some confidence. Uh, I think that was, you know, maybe to our best because, um, you know, West Branch would have been tough. Coach Monticello uh, entered the 3A poll this week. I think they're tied for eighth in 3A, and I forgot they were 3A this year. Comanche checks in at number three. I'm guessing, you know, I didn't see if Mid-Prairie got any votes, but, you know, Mid-Prairie may be one of the nice stories out of our conference this year. Yeah, for sure. I think, um, you know, Mid-Prairie, just the points they're putting up and some of the things they're doing there, they're going to be tough. Um you know, they play tough D, they're long, they run the floor. Uh, that, the Harmerson kid, um, it, you know, is going to be a nice player. And then they got some nice role guys around him, too, who uh, who share the ball well. And I think they got two or three guys leading the conference in assists or something like that, at least the South maybe. But, um, yeah, they're, they're going to be tough. Um, you know, I think West Branch is going to fight their way up there as well. You know, the Bowie coming back this year um, and some of their guards uh, on the floor, you know, they're going to be very solid. And Coach Kern does such a great job over there. Um, uh, and so, I, you know, I think the South is going to be – the top of the South is going to be very tough. Coach, thanks for coming on the podcast this morning. Look forward to talking to you uh, the next time. We're going to be off next week, but it'll be last week of the year. We'll have uh, one more podcast uh, for kind of the uh, midway point, I would say. So, anyway, enjoy the time off here. Uh, get rested and uh, have a Merry Christmas. All right. Thanks, Ryan. You too. <laughs> enough and maybe gave you a chance to work yeah. on situations you know I mean how many late game I mean you guys had to do some yeah for sure too. you know and that's hard to simulate in practice uh the style they play and I told the kids we're gonna have to be physical ready to go come meet the ball with two hands two feet uh they do a good job of what they do you know that's their identity getting up and down uh you know as far we had a lot of guys step up tonight Jeff Bowie was big in the first half uh Holden Arneman finally came along and made some shots, went four or five from the three-point line. Gavin Hirschman, I mean, everybody stepped up in multiple ways, made multiple efforts there. I thought uh, you shot better, too. Right? Yes. And yep. that was something that over the last couple of weeks you said, hey, 
defense yep. will be our calling card shots will Ooh, start falling mm-hmm. and some of them start falling in. they did and you know we got some open looks because of the pressure they applied this is the first time we played against a man-to-man defense all year it's all been zoned before <laughs> this you know so you know we told our guards we, we want to feed it inside first you know attack the rim and then it's going to open up and it did it opened up outside uh, holding thomas gavin hit some big threes for us so Wilt seems to be kind of a tough matchup for. He looks he like is. he could be a tough man, not just for you guys, but for. Yeah, he is. You know, last year he had 26 or 28 on us. We knew he was big coming back for them. You know, he's, he's six threes put together. Uh, he's got outside inside game, so you got to be smart who you're going to stick on him. You know, we went zone. They started hitting some threes, so we had to get out of it, and then went man there in the second half. Uh, but yeah, he, he's just a especially small school high school basketball. He, he's a mismatch nightmare. Uh, and it's kind of like Palmer in a, in a sense. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, that's another thing. We still have Simon Palmer tonight. That's 19 points and seven rebounds a game. So you add that to what these other guys have been doing, building some confidence. I think we, we could be pretty scary coming right. on the stretch. You know, you don't want someone to miss because of sick yep. or whatever, you know. But, yeah, it's an opportunity, you just, and they're mm-hmm. taking advantage of it. Is yep. that, I think it's great uh, for our guys, you know, Brady Canoe, Peyton Miller, all the, and, and, you know, even the starters have had to score now right. and taken on different roles. So it's definitely built confidence for them. Uh, so when he comes back, you know, we're just going to have to fit him back in that offense. And, and hopefully more guys are confident with what they can do so they're not going to be able to key on Simon and Jeff as much. So now, you know, you get a day off. <laughs> day, day off. Uh, and then, you know, we got to get ready for Comanche Tuesday night before break. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't beat them since I've been here yet, so we we really want that one. You know, we lost to him on a buzzer beater in a district final in the first year by one, and then last year kind of got stomped at the end of the year. But they're they're a good team. They're dealing with a couple injuries as well. I say just a game where it's kind of to me. This seems like the I, I haven't seen all your games, but it seems like this is the most athletic up and down for both that you guys yep. have. Is that? First, fair to say, and then second, does a game like this help going into command yep. where you know it's going to be what you know what they kind of have? Yeah, in, in no, you're exactly right. You know they, they run and jump and get up, and that's what command is going to do. Sometimes I, with this year's team, I would say we can do that a little bit, get up and down with them. But we kind of want to play our own game, so I mean we'll take advantage of that when we can and have some openings. But other than that, you know we're going to slow it down. We want to work it inside out. Uh, play our game, make them play our game instead of getting in a track meet with them. Before I let you go, you know, you guys have Bellevue, probably the longest road trip besides maybe a mid-career yeah. command. It's probably about equal, but, you know, then you come back and you have, I mean, you guys didn't look like, it looks like you guys are in really good condition. Yeah. That's my, what I'm getting to. Yeah, you know, we've kind of changed practice up a little bit this year. We've been doing a lot more five-on-five teaching instead of half-court stuff, so I think the guys running up and down, uh, you know, it's helped a little bit. And then, of course, Monday, Tuesday, we weren't able to do anything. So had some fresh legs this week, later in the week, whereas this could have been the fourth game of the week and been tired. But, you know, and been, haven't been using much bench with Simon and Kelby Berger out now. So these guys have been logging a lot of minutes. So we're definitely ready for the break when it comes. But we got one more uh, to go before that happens. Okay, thanks. Appreciate it, Ryan.
Welcome back to Coach Corner Podcast. We're catching up with Wilton wrestling coach Gabe Bourne. The Beavers are underway in their seasons. Coach, welcome on. Thanks for having me, Ryan. We uh, have missed a couple times, uh, uh, so it's good to have you on here. We have kind of a lot to talk about or at least touch on here. Um, you know, it seems like forever ago since we were taking team photos back uh, late last month. Yeah, it, uh, a lot has happened since then, and I guess I, at that point in time, I know we were all just uh, hoping we were going to still be able to have a season and wrestle up to this point. How has that gone, Coach? I mean, you guys, you kind of look in the rearview mirror now. Like, if, if it would end today, you know, you've had some sort of season, but at the same time, it's like, you got to be able to allow yourself to escape from what what's going on and you know be wrestling too right yeah we've uh it's it's been a tough uh i'll say mentally it's been a little bit tough for especially more on the coaching side of things i think we've done a great job so far with the kids and our athletes but uh knowing that we're prepping for every competition ahead of us but not you know, there are a few here and there. We're not sure if that next one's going to come, what's going to happen. And so just trying to keep our squad focused on each next event and improvements in between uh, each competition. And, you know, just trying to keep a, keep it right uh, between the years as we do this first half of the season. You guys had uh, – I'm going to touch on a few things where I can go on each individual thing, but I like to always start with Wapolo's tournament, the Willard Howe. Invitational turn 56, 55, 56 this year, I think. Um, you know, a nice little tournament that draws, uh, you know, Durant goes there. A lot of teams at, uh, you know, Sigourney and Highland sometimes, you know, Wapolo, obviously. You know, it's uh, traditionally kind of some good individuals and some, uh, I wouldn't say brawling, but, I mean, that's when I think of going south and east, I just, that's what I think of. It's like it's you're in for a fight, you're in for a brawl, let's see what happens. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, obviously we've been, uh, we've, Wilton as a team has uh, attended every one of the Willard Howell, Howell tournaments for, yeah, this was the 56th year, um, but it's it's a great tournament to start the season off with just for, uh, you know, first round bouts are a good opportunity to kind of get some rust off and uh, get back into the competition mode. And then, uh, you know, by the time you hit semifinals and finals, and whether it's on the Conti semis or Conti finals or the championship side, it's, uh, you're in for a pretty good battle and you know that you're going to be testing yourself a little bit for the day. So, you know, it's not a easy road one way or another. It's just uh, it's nice to get some good matchups and good competition to start the season off. Good chance to see Command try off the bat. They got third. You guys took the team title with 173. Wapolo was second with 151.5, so a little distance on there between the first and second. You guys were led by two champions, five runners-up, and a handful of uh, uh, place winners. Uh, Kale Brisker won one third at one at, sorry, <laughs> one one, uh, one at the 132-pound class. Uh, Terrell Hughes, 220. Um Champion there, runners up: Brody Brisker at 106, Colton Cruz at 152, Caden Shirk at 170, Carson Willie at 182, and John Lilly at 195. You had fourth place finish from Gavin Schnepper, Sniffer, mm-hmm. and Max Yohi at 152. So 160 and 145. Sorry, yeah, on those weight classes. So um, a good first tournament. Um, then you guys are back at practice. You know, a lot of times you can. 
you know, drill and drill and drill, but then you have live pra- live event, and now it's like, okay, now this is what we're we've been saying. You know, let's go do this. Whether you're working on uh, takedowns or escapes or whatever you're wanting to do, is that fair to say? Yeah, you know, and especially coming out of those first competitions for the year, it's nice just to get out there and see. All right, now we've competed. What do we need to start fine-tuning on? You know, what do we need to maybe look at as a whole squad? What do we need to focus on a little bit there, uh, here or there, whether it's top, bottom, or neutral? And then uh, and then definitely we're, once we get into that competition mode, it, it allows us as the coaching staff to start dialing in a few things uh, for our individuals and focus on, you know, what they need. Uh, being obviously such an individual sport uh, and us being blessed with a with a good, uh, great coaching staff and a good number of coaches in the room, we're able to spend a little more time with our with our individual wrestlers and focusing on their needs and critiques and things that we need to focus on there. Um, so, definitely, what we step back into the room with after those first competitions off the mat. We're going to talk about uh, just some general things from the first dual dates. There's one before the WAPO tournament and then after, and then we'll get more specific here with the most current stuff. Um, you know, you guys started the season, you had a uh, uh, home duel. Mm-hmm. You had Northeast, North Cedar, and Pleasant Valley come in. Uh, two and one that night. We scored 75 points, 75 to 6 over Northeast, 59 to 18 over North Cedar. Pleasant Valley got you narrowly 36 to 34. And uh, it's kind of good to see when you, uh, selfishly, this maybe uh, I like to see uh, small schools go against those big schools. Yeah, uh, you know, those first round of duels, um, I, we re, if we were able to hit the rewind, go back and uh, wrestle PV again, I think there's uh, half a dozen ways that we win that duel. Uh, you know, aside from we had three of our starters out of the lineup for the night, too. Um, uh, we were sitting Hagen and Oyn and, uh, for Saturday, and Briggs was our varsity heavyweight is out with surgery, and our backup heavyweight is uh, he was out in quarantine at that time. So <clears throat> we were a little bit shorthanded going into that, but it did give it gave us uh, some confidence going into Saturday, that first Saturday, though, as well. Just knowing that hey, we we can compete with some of those bigger schools, and we have the ability and the talent there. We just uh, need to keep focusing there. After the uh, Wapolo tournament, you guys had a. Uh... Uh, River Valley Conference night, almost. It's kind of the same thing, two conference schools and a max school. Uh, you guys came out 3-0 and that night. Uh, Wilton beat Cascade 48-30, to beat Comanche 42-30, to which is a team you, you saw individually at the Wapolo tournament. And then you guys beat North Scott 41-39. to So kind of, a um, again, selfishly, you know, to me, you know, it looks like you guys got some good work and, you know, we had to, had to fight for stuff and, you know, um, really only, well, one and a half, two duels kind of, you know, you had your own and then, uh, North Scott kind of, um, a little closer, but that second duel night, you know, you guys, uh, came out four and two in duels after that night. That's pretty good too. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> it was really, uh, going into that second week of duels there with, uh, Cascade Comanche and North Scott, as you said, uh, we were able to fill our lineup a little bit differently too, and move some things around. Uh, you know, we have quite a bit of depth in the room this year that helps greatly. Um, but it is 
it was nice having Comanche the weekend before, and we kind of knew what matchups we wanted to see, and you know some rematches that we wanted to get as well uh, in there. Um, and then we knew Cascade was bringing a pretty much full lineup and going to give us a good go. And then I knew we'd have our hands full with North Scott, but uh, I think based on the current rankings, they're whatever as a dual team. I know they're ranked up there, and it's really nice to come uh, come away with a win against a 3A squad like that. And uh, and really, as we talked about as a squad, is stepping away. Yeah, we came away with three more wins that night, but we know we still have a lot to work on. Uh, so we know there's still improvements to be made and there's still gains to be had, and we're not where we want to be yet for the season. But, yeah, it feels pretty good coming away with three wins and knowing we still have quite a bit of room to improve. You guys traveled to North Cedar in Clarence on the 12th this uh well, kind of last weekend as we sit here almost a week now past. Um, and you guys came away with um, 186 points, second place finish to Solon, and not too far behind the Spartans, uh, nine points. Uh, North uh, New London was there. They got third with 168.5. Then Northland, Belle Plaine, Durant, North Cedar, Highland, Central City, and Montezuma. So a 10-team tournament there. Um, you guys had... Uh, um, Champions in Brody Brisker at 106, Garrett Burkle at 113, and Kale Brisker at 132. Um, what are your thoughts on that tournament? Uh, yeah, going into that, uh, going into North Cedar, and especially I know there were some other tournaments canceled and things like that, and able to add a couple teams to that tournament. Um, it was we knew we were going to have some great competition throughout the day, and I, you know, really impressed with. Uh, Really proud of our, I guess, efforts on the mat there that weekend. Uh, you know, Solon, another ranked 2A team, is real solid. And when we can compete uh, compete with them and hang in there, it's great to finish where we did. Um, and then, like, you look at Brody having a great week, really. Uh, him coming off Thursday night with a win over Jackson Busa from Comanche, uh, a little revenge win from the Wapolo tournament. And then he goes in and takes out Schlaubaugh from Highland, uh, which was uh, <clears throat> which was a great one to have there as well to come out as a champ there at North Cedar. And then Burkle had a great day, and Brisker had another great day too. Had a good uh, finals match with the North Lane kid, uh, controlled that from start to finish, and ended that in the first period. Um, and then you know you look up and down the lineup too. We had some. I'll say some good humbling moments for a few of our wrestlers too on, hey, we've been off to a hot start wrestling real well and, you know, maybe we slipped up here or there in a match and gave us some things to to look at to uh, revisit once we got back into the practice room. Brody Brisker improved to 11-1, Kale Brisker 10-1, Garrett Burkle 11-2, Gage Oin placed fourth at 120. Colton Cruz, third at 152. Gavin Schnipper, uh, 165th. Caden Shirk, fourth at 170. Carson Willey, fourth at 182. Jonathan Lilly was a runner-up at 195. Tyrell Hughes was third at 220. That was the lineup you you, uh, rolled with at North Cedar. So, you know, it seems like the season is... uh, just coming out in its infancy, but at the same time, you guys have got two tournaments in, two dual nights, um, well, three here in a second when we talk about uh, yep. this past Tuesday, and then you're looking ahead to the um, to DeWitt here this Saturday. So, uh, Coach, you, you blink and 
shoot, we're almost halfway point. You're going to have to start, you know, you have to have the guys in the weights they're going because when you get back for Christmas, you know, it's kind of a sprint to conference uh, sectionals, districts, and state. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, they're, like we just talked about a little bit ago, a month ago, we were questioning how far we're going to get, and now all of a sudden we're halfway through, and uh, you know, we're looking forward to one last good go this weekend, give us a, an idea of some things we need to work on over break, and come out the second half of the season uh, much stronger and a little more fine-tuned and ready to, like you said, sprint to darn near the finish line. We'll be... January comes, it's a real busy month, and we hit conference uh, before too long once we get into that. So it's uh, going into Saturday, you know, I'm excited for all the guys that are, I think they're feeling good. We've been pushing hard this week, and uh, we're ready just to go perform and see what we need to keep working on. Uh, it's just another practice like we talk about, but it's, uh, it's a practice that we want to win. So, Coach, you improved to seven and two in duels with three victories here this past Tuesday. You guys took a swing through the South Iowa Cedar League, it looks like, except uh, Collins Maxwell. Um, they're a little further west, but you guys beat CMB 60 to 18. You beat Iowa Valley 53 to 30, and Linville Sully 71 to 12. We'll start out looking at Collins Maxwell Baxter here first. You guys. Uh, this is going to be silly, but you know, CMB, uh, actually Collins Maxwell, I guess they dropped Baxter. I'm sorry. Yeah, they dropped that. Baxter. Yep. Um, Collins from, Maxwell now. For a long time, I, I, uh, I remember CMB, but anyway, um, they got you on the first match and then you guys kind of took it to them. You guys had, uh, down 6 0, you know, Tyrell Hughes got a fall at 190, Jonathan Lilly got, f- Jonathan Lilly got a forfeit at 220. And then there's open at 285, and you guys got the next two, a uh, fall and a pin again, and you guys are up 24 to six. Yeah, we uh, that particular duel, uh, you know, squaring off with them, I was, think we were going to get a few good matches in there. And I mean, even though I'd say they're a little bit shorthanded coming in, they've got some strong kids there that uh, some of their individuals are pretty tough. And I knew we were going to have a few good matchups and. And yeah, we came on the right, came out on the right side of things, and, uh, and yeah, opened up the night and started wrestling pretty well, and gave us an idea of uh, getting our heads right, ready for the Iowa Valley duel after that. Looks like you guys had. Uh, there's no, there's, it's all or nothing. It's uh, a fall or a forfeit for your victories, and you know, falls are exciting. Uh, forfeits count as victories, but you know. Anytime you get a fall, that's pretty good, too. Hannah Rogers uh, pinned Gracie Leslie at 126. Lucas Dora uh, pinned Trevor Sliger at one seven, excuse me, 132. <laughs> yeah, I'm, t- look, I'm trying to create weight classes here. <laughs> 172. Uh, so anyway, um, Kale Brisker pinned his guy at 138. And Colton Cruz pinned his guy at 152. Gavin Schnipper and Caden Shirt got back-to-back forfeits at uh, 160 and 170 to close the duel out. So some new names in there that we haven't talked about so far. Uh, um, getting getting some wins. Yeah, um, it's really nice with uh, you know Hannah with our couple girls that we do have uh, wrestling, and then when we have an opportunity to get them to wrestle um, or get them a match that they want um, within a female female matchup, it's great that. Uh, to get that, those matchups at the varsity level uh, where they belong and 
you know, Hannah's had a real strong start to her freshman season. Uh, you know, she got a couple losses now to that Ashlyn Miller from North uh, North Cedar, who's a real tough competitor too. But she's so far other than that, she's looking really good and cleaning up a few things. And you know, we're excited for the rest of the season for her. Uh, Mia hasn't had as much competition yet, um, but she did. She won the last girls tournament down there at Mid Prairie, and um, so if we can get her a few more matches during duels and whatnot, it's nice to see. But like I said, we got a couple other names that are in that varsity lineup that have been performing very well with for us and stepping up and stepping in uh, with Hughes and Willie and uh, even Schnepper. Uh, you know, we've got some younger talent that's really uh, showing what they're capable of. Iowa Valley, you guys were uh, one of the first two matches. Uh, Tyrell Hughes and Jonathan Lilly started out with uh, falls, so quickly up 12 nothing. Uh, Iowa Valley got forfeit at one twenty. Excuse me, at two eighty five, and you guys won the next two matches, and you guys are up twenty three to six. So another duel, another duel where you get out quick. Is that? I mean, that makes you happy, I'm sure. Yeah, it gives you. You know, it's nice to at least, especially from the team standpoint, when you can, when you can get out uh, out the gates, you can win the first few and give you, I don't say a little bit of a cushion, but as a team, you're looking like, all right, now we got a little momentum, and you keep you keep carrying that into each successive match. So, uh, you know, success builds success, and once you once your team starts on a little roll and you get going, it uh, they start performing pretty well, and they don't question. They're not there's not pressure on there to that they got to go take care of something to get the team back into it. They're just trying to keep it rolling. So it's really nice to get a, a good start like that. Cheating Rams, you got a forfeit a win at 106. Brody Brisker, pin, uh, excuse me, Tech followed his guy at 113. Gage Oyen, Trey Higgin, Kale Brisker, back-to-back-to-back wins at 126, 32, and 38. Colton Cruz got a fall at 152. Gavin got a fall at 160. And that was it on the winning side for you guys. Uh, Aiden Hewitt got in there too, uh, JV match, so that was good to see. Um, sometimes you know those guys when you have more than one weight class, it's kind of a roll of the dice, you know, getting some JV work in for guys that you, you want to get JV work for just because, you know, it's not their fault that, you know, you have so many people at a certain weight class, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and like we talked about, uh, just a little bit ago, too, is, you know, that's the, the great uh, positive effect of uh, having quite a few guys in the room and getting some good depth in the lineup and being able to move and uh, change a few things around, uh, whatever's best for the team during those duels. But also it's hard to get some matches for, you know, some of our uh, guys who are running the JV side of things right now and making sure that they get some of that competition time so they are prepared to uh, – step up when we need them or step in where we need them you know that takes us into the last duel you you guys won all but two of the matches against Linville Sully you know there's three different names here for the JV you got three JV matches in of 52 60 and 70 uh Cody McDonald got a match Isaac Brown got a match Chance Baker got a match and you know win lose or draw coach you know they gotta be just as happy as you guys to get them matches you know yeah, and and just like I said, I mean, just to be able to get matches in and having those guys in the room. I mean, Isaac Brown's really he's starting to turn a corner after his first uh, tournament down at Wapalo JV. But getting him more more and more mat time is definitely. I mean, not just for him, but for 
all of them it's great it's the more mat time you get the little more experience you get out there and he's started to really wrestle well uh chance baker's starting to put a few more things together looking better uh got himself in a silly position during that match but was able to come out on top and keep fighting through um yeah and then cody mcdonald uh really he's never wrestled before uh before this year and as a senior decided to give it a try and He's been eating it up since day one and really focusing on trying to learn this sport, figure it out, and uh, busting his butt to to pull out some wins. So it's nice seeing him get that mat time. Coach, that's where we're at right now. You're going into DeWitt this weekend. We'll catch up uh, in a future podcast to talk about that, you know, kind of see where you're at, maybe take a uh, look at first half, unofficial first half highlights and stuff. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Good luck this weekend. Go get him. Yep. Thanks, Ryan. Welcome back to the Coach Corner Podcast. We're catching up with Durant Boys basketball coach, Matt Strami. Coach, welcome on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Ryan. You guys have some games under your belt here since the last time we talked. Thought we'd catch up with how things are going. Um, Wilton Animosa, West Celebrity, Regina. And you got two more to end up, three more actually, I'm sorry, to end up, uh, uh, yeah, four-game week this week. And uh, some fun things there, I'm sure. So how are things going? Um, you know, I mean, we're we're now pretty much into the thick of the season. You know, it's just as many games a week, it seems, if not more than practices. And uh, just still trying to go and fine-tune a lot of things and continue to improve. And, you know, we're a work in progress. Let's take these in pairs. We'll go Wilton and Mosa, both road games last week, um, Tuesday. Uh, Wilton at Wilton, you guys... Uh, had an overtime game with the Beavers, 10-point loss, 69-59. At that point, that was uh, your season best so far for points scored. Um, you guys had to come back to get to overtime, and I mean, there has to be some uh, some good with that. However, you know, overtime was a different story, unfortunately. What do you think about the Wilton game? Um, you know, I thought we controlled the game for the first quarter, forced a lot of turnovers. Um, once we had a couple of kids pick up foul trouble and uh, Nolan rolled his ankle early um, and we had to go to our bench, the game got a little bit away from us. We kind of lost our rhythm. Uh, second quarter wasn't so bad, but the third quarter offensively we were really terrible. Um, just could not get anything going until about the end of the quarter. Um, finally got a couple of baskets and then we got rolling and were able to kind of, again, kind of control the tempo of the game. And, you know, if we, I mean, if we hit our free throws that night, we win the game going away, and that's kind of the frustrating part of it. Um, you know, I think we shot over 40 free throws and only about 60% for the night. So, uh, and we missed a lot of bunnies. And, again, those two things have been just 
something that's really cost us a lot early this year, our inability to make easy shots and the free ones. So, Getting to the line 42 times in a game is pretty good, but yeah, it's uh, um, yeah 61 shots total, so shots will fall. You know, you got you to keep shooting, you know, and try to shoot yourself out of a slump. I'm not saying it's a slump, but, you know, a lot of basketball to be, be had and keep shooting there. You know, Kobe Poulsen, 18 points, 13 rebounds, a double-double to lead you guys. 17 for Nolan DeLong, 9 rebounds, nearly a, a second player with a double-double. Um, 8-7-6 for Garrett Holmbeck, Drake, and uh, Keegan. And, you know, some decent numbers that way. You know, some kids getting some more confidence. You know, second game of uh, 2021. And, uh, uh, you know, they're big physical team. Um, they've got some skill. They'll get after you a little bit defensively and really try to take you out of your stuff by just being up and pressuring. And, again, actually, we had to go to our bench early there with foul trouble again, and we were in the bonus with uh, three and a half minutes into the game, you know. Um, we actually were on the line shooting free throws the rest of the half. So um, our aggressiveness and their over-aggressiveness really kind of uh, paid off for us. But uh, um, I think we led after the first quarter. It was a tie game after the first quarter, if I remember right. Um, you know, so fairly decent job by our bench there to, to keep us alive with, with the quarter. Um, halftime, I think we were down three. Third quarter, again, had a scoring lull coming out. Um, the game got away from us. We were able to go uh, chip away, and we got it, I think, back down to about three or four at one point with about two minutes left in the game and just couldn't finish. So, But, again, uh, you know, a lot of missed free throws there, some more missed bunnies. We gave up 20 offensive rebounds to them. Um, none of those things are recipes for success, and that's the stuff we keep preaching every single day. And until we make some changes, we're just going to have a rough one. Uh, going forward, I, I kind of fear, but we've got to be able to do those things and, and start uh, executing a little bit better. Noah DeLong with 17, Garrett Hollenbach with 14, Kobe Poulsen with 11 to lead the way for Durant. Coach, that takes us over to the makeup game uh, with West Liberty this uh, uh, season. You know, you never know when you're going to get a chance to make stuff up. It's good that you guys uh, got your game in with West Liberty. You was scheduled for the 4th. You guys played on the 14th, and you went over there, and they uh, uh, you gave them a loss, a three-point loss, first win of the season. Uh, they also have kind of been uh, struggling. They got you last year. Uh, I'm sorry, it's been a while since they've gotten you. So, I mean, as far as confidence goes, you guys had a good shot um, before the ball was even tipped. Yeah, um, you know, I'll give uh, James, their coach, some credit. He told me they've only really had like four practices or whatever since they've been back from being virtual. So, um, you know, their kids competed hard. Um, they deserve to win that night. I thought that was by far our worst game of the season. Um, we came out, had a good first six minutes or so, um, made a couple subs, kind of went downhill, you know, had some fouls there, and it went downhill. We lost our focus. I think we were like, I think it was 13-4 to four and uh, at one point, and we probably missed another five or six free throws the rest of the quarter, missed a layup or two, gave up a... Uh, uh, an offensive board as time was expiring and then fouled a kid right at the buzzer to give them a free point at the end of the quarter. I mean, and, and that kind of just set the tone for us the rest of the 
just were not good. We weren't sharp, couldn't stay in front of the ball, um, you know, poor free throw shooting night. I, you know, I, I, you're hearing me hit on a lot of these things over and over and over. And I mean, that one was frustrating because I thought we were about 20 points better than them easily. And we just let them hang and hang and hang. And, I, you know, part of that, um, we're a very young team and guys have to learn how to win and close ball games. But, uh, you know, as a coaching staff, we felt like we stepped, a, stepped back a little bit that night, even though we came up with the win. So just kind of a frustrating one there. You guys got to uh, play Regina next. And Regina is an interesting team, new coach. They have an outstanding player in Ashton Cook. And it's bringing your program for the rest of the team because there's not too many people back. And, you know, they've they've had some interesting games, you know, up and down. And um, unfortunately, they dinged you here. Uh, one quarter kind of got away from you. And that seems to be like... Um, a continuation in a, in a in a stretch. You know, I'm not being critical by any stretch, but um, it seems like one quarter, uh, it just it's too much to overcome for a, going against Regina at least. No, I mean that's been the story of our season. You know, again we came out. I think it was 10-10 at the end of the quarter. Um, we went box and one on the Cook kid, and I thought we did a really nice job on Ashton Cook all night. Um, I think he only had like 13 or 14 points for the evening, by far his lowest scoring output. Um, we held him to four points in the first half, so, you know, we did what we wanted to. Um, but after the first quarter, they adjusted to the box and one. They took some kids out that they normally would be playing, threw in some uh, deeper bench kids that could shoot the ball. Um, and, I mean, they, they shot us out of it. You know, they hit a bunch of threes in the, in the uh, second and third quarter. Um, and uh, just offensively, we weren't able to find any rhythm the whole night. And, uh, you know, again, just – Similar things is, is what we've talked about before. When we get our free throws, we're not hitting them. We're, we're missing easy shots. We're turning over too much. You know, it's, again, we just got to clean those things up. So, What sort of things uh, do you look at here as we look ahead to this weekend? You have uh, number, th- number three, Comanche, coming to town tonight. They'll be without a couple of their starters who are out with injury. And then you have um, going to Bellevue tomorrow. And then you finish with Monticello. So you guys take your swing at uh, the River Valley Conference North Division here right before Christmas. Yeah, it's going to be a tough three games. Um, You know, we expect Comanche to come in tonight, be super physical and aggressive defensively. Um, I think if we're going to have any chance in that ballgame, we've got to be able to just handle the basketball and and contend with their press. you know, Bellevue tomorrow, they play a tough matchup zone. It'll be a different look. You know, how are we going to adjust to that? Then Monticello is probably the class of the conference on Tuesday, so that's a fun one to go into Christmas break with. You know, just are we going to show up and compete, or what are we going to throw out there that night? It's going to be, going to be the real question because they're putting a pounding on just about everyone they play right now. Coach, I appreciate your time this morning coming on the podcast. Good luck this week. Go again. All right. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you for listening to the Coach's Corner Podcast. You can find the podcast on iTunes or follow the link posted on the Tipton Conservative Sports Facebook page. Have a great holiday weekend, everybody. Until next time, we'll see you at the game.